0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Bridging Impact podcast, the podcast that passes wisdom to the next generation of coaches, parents, and athletes. And in today's episode, we interview the head coach of IMG Academy Baseball, Coach Dave Sturgeon. Dave Sturgeon has not only is working for one of the most elite baseball programs in the United States, but also coached under Clint Hurdle, played under Buck Showalter, and has gears of wisdom around obviously baseball but coaching and impacting the lives of players youth so we dive into talking about connectivity and how we can build more connection to our teams how we can help our players develop more self-awareness and how as us coaches we can transform them into leaders so without further ado you already know what to do let's dive in about some interesting topics man Absolutely. So, the first question we ask all of our guests is what is your definition of impactful leadership? Well,
1: it's it, it certainly changed and evolved, obviously. Um, uh, you know, I grew up in a little different time um, when the word transformation, transformational leadership wasn't even a thing, um, you know, and Pro ball many years ago was, you know, there's one guy in charge and it was, you know, there wasn't any questioning of things. I I think that um, as I've kind of gone through my process and been around some really impactful leaders, um, I think to boil it down would be. Number one, impactful, relation, impactful leadership would be it, it, it's, number one, it's always about those relationships you have with A, your staff, and then B, your players. And the the add-on to that is what's the ripple effect, you know, of those? You know, do those relationships end at the end of the season? Um, you know, which would be, for me, transactional. Uh, or do they continue on and, and where you become – uh, not just a mentor, you know, in the game, but maybe a mentor of those players or staff, um, you know, in life. And I've had, you know, obviously I've gone through the process and I've, I've had, had the ability to be around some very impactful and transformational type leaders, um, you know, specifically in, in the last 11 years with Pittsburgh before I came to IMG. I was around some amazing baseball men um, and, and human beings at the same time. And, you know, you realize that, you know, the, the great ones that, that I've been around have been unbelievable people, and the, the connectivity piece is number one on that thing, and the competence piece is, is the number two, but they have, they have both. You know, and, you know, obviously you want to be competent, and then you're a a very good, uh, you know, uh, technician, tactician, uh, the ability to impact groups fundamentally and individuals uh, skill um, acquisition-wise, impact their minds, um, make them problem solvers, but then, you know, the transformational piece is if you're a learner and you're constantly working on your game and I tell you I'm 57 still a work in progress uh, but I had a conversation with one of our coaches recently and he said what do you you know what, what do you think the most important thing you know about coaching is and I said look if you're a learner if you're if you're going through the process and you're nailing your process every day and and preparing and executing and reviewing daily and getting feedback, you're taking your group on that same journey and you're showing them what that process looks like by, by executing it yourself. And that's to me, real impact, you know, and, and, um, turn this off, you know, and I, you know, and I've been around some incredible leaders that weren't necessarily transformational, but I still took pieces from them. Um, you know, and, and you know, add, I've added that and it's become a part of, you know, my deal, um, different guys. I mean, I had early on, I had some really good ones. I mean, I, you know, Buck Showalter showed me what a prepared leader looks like. Um, you know, uh, you know, Stump Merrill was a guy who showed me what, um, freeing guys up, uh, as a group to go out and have the ability to go play by simplifying, removing, you know, rules and, and basically simplifying to bust your butt beyond time and give me what you got. And so, you know, and if you've been around the micromanager, you know, the thumb guy and all of that, when, you know, I remember, you know, the story with so stump sticks out of my mind for, uh, environment and culture change. Uh, in 89, um, I was in the Carolina League with the Yankees, and um, we had a very good team uh, of uh, talented players individually. And we we had a manager that was uh, very heavy-handed and, and really uh, micromanaged, you know, and, and didn't catch us doing good all the time, but when we were doing bad, he'd catch us doing Bad all the time and pile on and and um so this this particular guy got let go and they brought in stump at the at the break we went we were in la- we were last place it was two halves we finished last place in the carolina league in that first half and then stump came in and freed us up uh and we ended up winning the carolina league championship and uh, we beat the durham bulls and grady little was the manager of that team we beat him at durham at the old durham athletic park um but all it was was a mind shift, um, and, you know, freeing guys up. So, um, you know, and then as I moved forward, um, you know, from playing to, you know, managing, um, you know, my first pitch coach, Tony Arnold was amazing. Um, he poured into me and I was, I was not good. I I didn't know what I was doing. I went from playing to managing, probably not managing myself even at that time. And, He poured into me has had some tough conversations um and the beginning of my process was a dinner i had with tony one night and it was in august i had a young club and i was i was managing and i thought i was managing my butt off and uh and i was to, to my understanding of what that even was at that time right and so he took me out to dinner we had a beer and you know and uh, he said, hey, you know, I, I, I really appreciate what you're trying to do with our young players. I know what you're trying to do with them. Uh, you're trying to help them. I just want to give you a book that might help. And it was a book by Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. <laughs> <laughs> so to give you an idea of where my head was at and my leadership skills at that time, Tony loved me enough to and had the courage enough to go start that my process and I was like wow you know so and you know self-awareness wasn't there my ability to understand how important connection is not just with the guys that's easy to connect with but the intentionality of connecting with each player on his level was a big deal and Tony started my process with that and uh, Teddy Kubiak was another one Teddy three rings with the A's in the 70's Um, you know we had some dinners and, and some talks and about you know, closing your mouth, opening your eyes and ears and start learning. And, and that was very, very impactful. And then, you know, moving through when I came to Pitt, um, Clint Hurdle was the first guy I saw at an elite level, uh, you know, in a big league clubhouse, handle things the way he handled things. Um, he was incredibly connective, not just uh, in, in the day day-to-day process, but, you know, I noticed in the dugout during games between innings. You know, it it you know going down to get some water, he'd be you know touching legs, touching knees, fist bumping guy. You know, just very intentional. Um, and you know, it was like these quick little dopamine hits. You know, as he walked through his group between innings, and and I watched and I learned a lot. You know, from Clint, and he probably is the most dynamic, transformational guy I've been around. And his, his reach is so far beyond the game, um, but that's been, you know, that's been his process, and that's who he is, and he's really making a difference. Um, and so he's been an inspiration for me in, in that regard, you know, and um, I'm, I'm grateful for it. He's still, you know, we're close, and he's still a mentor to me and, and all the guys I mentioned. Um, that I'm still in touch with, you know, frequently. But some, you know, I mean, I, so I go back to, I think, I think what prompted or preempted the, the dinner with Tony, I was, it was back in 2001. I'm sorry, it was 2000. And I'm in the Appalachian League, Burlington, North Carolina. And I snapped again, and, and I called the team into the clubhouse, and I gave him the old lolligagger speech from Bull Durham again, and I'm throwing stuff, and I think that preempted the dinner. The dinner was shortly thereafter, and he was like, yeah. man, this guy, in you know, a bull in a china shop. <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, we're, we're a product of, you know, kind of what we went through, and, you know, and, and so, you know, at that time to go from playing to managing, you haven't even transitioned completely out of that mindset of me, 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 me to no, no, no. It's, it's not you at all. Um, you know, and it's, it's never about you unless things are going bad. It's about you. When things are going great, it's about everyone else. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I was, it was, yeah, it was too frequent and it was an emotional roller coaster for my staff and my players you know, and they need a thermostat that's, somewhere between 72 and 75 consistently and um, that emotional fire which is great it's a strength if you have it under control it's a flame and you gotta you gotta be able to control that flame and it comes with self-awareness of it and and I and and I've I've actually going from managing to coordinating where you're coaching coaches had these conversations where you know I've seen myself in some young coaches where I say look I know you got a 97 mile an hour heater but it's not good when it's thrown off the backstop so <laughs> you know, when you command it at 90 and you're in the zone with your stuff now now it's a strength and if you need to bump it up once in a while okay you, you have that in your back pocket but you, you know you can literally wear people out with with that roller coaster of emotion and intensity if you're not aware of it um you know and and being able to use it as a strength not just you know rolling it rolling it out all the time and so i i do this uh i did an exercise with staff you know uh coaches managers uh called soundtracks and the basis of this uh exercise was a a self-awareness you know and what what is your energy that when you walk into a room you know what soundtrack so i had a a theme from Rocky playing, you know, you, you know, uh, going to fly now. And then there was the theme from Jaws, where the the music is very dark, and, and you know there's something impendingly bad, some bad thing is about to happen. Excuse me. So then I take the same videos and I put different music in. And and so soundtracks evoke emotion from the audience. And so whether you're aware of it or not, you have a soundtrack when you walk into a room. I would I would tell you that it was like uh thunderstruck from ACDC <laughs> and it was played at a loud volume and the other volume was louder. So you know when you when you don't know how to lead, you think you have to be a certain way. I mean be louder, I'm gonna be the squeakiest wheel in the room, and it's it's really none of that. And then it's 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 more about leading you know and 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 conversations and being a good listener and being intentional just listening Um, you know people want to feel understood the best feeling that I had with 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 leaders I've been around is when I had interactions with them felt like they were hearing me and listening to me in a real way Um, but I felt understood and I don't think there's a worse feeling when you, as a player, I remember playing for guys and never really knew where I stood, or I didn't, you know, I didn't have that that vibe. And uh, versus being around a guy who he, he's in the trenches with you, he he empathizes with you. Hey, I've been there, you know, you're a, you're going to be okay. I've been through that spot, and you know, um, you know, you, you're going to be fine. And, and and walking alongside me, and that's a that's a great feeling. You know, and as a leader, can you, you know, can you leave them with that feeling, you know, consistently? And and that that comes with awareness and intentionality and, and patience and, um, you know, all, all of it. You know, and uh, leadership is hard. It's it can be, it can be hard. It can be uh, it can be lonely. Uh, you know, it can be a lot of things. Um, but you know, you you gotta you've got to be aware of yourself first. Um, you know, and and uh, regardless of what is happening in that bubble over your head at the time in your life, you have to be able to to handle that. So, yeah, that, I've had some good ones, man. And, and you know, it, it's the impactful thing that we're talking about goes beyond the. It always goes beyond the game. Um, you know, and Clint, uh, he fires off daily texts, emails, inspirational, spiritual, different things, but he always signs off with. You know make a difference today love clint um and you know that's that's not just a a talk that's a walk and um those those daily texts and emails they they keep me on track and keep me focused on what's important and what's important is you know the people that you know are in front
0: of you the room so Oh, I think there's there's so much wisdom and there's a lot to unpack there. So I think a few things, you know, and before I, w- I want to dive into connectivity, but before we dive into connectivity, I, I appreciate you kind of sharing your story and the journey of how you kind of learn from leadership and going. And I am a similar coach as in like when I went from player to coach and I was coaching middle school kids. So like they probably knew even less than, than the co- guys you were coaching. I was a little bit of like yelling at this and that, do this, and they didn't know what I was talking about because I was a player I had played a lot more advanced you know basketball than they had you know then again no idea what i'm talking about in that kind of like that intensity like i had that intensity with with the refs and i don't know if you had it similar with umpires where you know i was a hot-headed player and so i brought yeah. i started as a hot-headed coach and that's something i'm personally working on um yeah. is you know this upcoming season i'm going to be a little bit more respectful with with the refs and i've had the opportunity to ref a little bit myself so i understand like how challenging it can be um but but we're going down that's the refs that's a whole nother path. Right. But, um, connectivity, I think there is just so much wisdom that you have learned there from, from Phil Walter to to Clint Hurdle to all the other wonderful coaches that you had under you. I'm curious what that connectivity looks like for you and your program at IMG Academy now. So, um,
1: I, I, I believe that that is, that's the, so again, and, and, and coming down from where I've, where I've, then I would I would say, especially here, but now I, I understand. You know, on a, on a on a larger scale, it's it's all relative. It's important in coaching and teaching. Period. All right, it is. So um, some of the some of the things that you know that I've done. So the first thing is is I want to bring the room together. So I, I want them to to connect. Okay, together um and generally when you're on the field you know you're locked into you know learning and the messiness of the day and trying to execute and get better and so the connectivity part of the room is important so i do you know classroom sessions um you know once or twice a week and they can run anywhere from 15 minutes to 20 to 25 minutes um and and every and and um you know I use that time for X's and O's stuff here and there. Most of the stuff we nail on the field with, you know, writing and, you know, whiteboard. But in the classroom, um, you know, you have a new room. I, I may pick each guy has a, a battle buddy, right? And the first thing they have to do is they have to give a two minute talk on, you know, Elijah Green's life story Elijah you have JP Ortiz you have three minutes to give his life story and you get him up in front of the room um and they have to intentionally engage each other and all of a sudden you know it's a nice icebreaker right and so I do that with the whole roster um number one they have to talk to each other, but number two, getting up in front of your peers is a really uncomfortable thing. The air is very thin in the front of the room, right? Um, But I I do that because it's a, it's a great growth opportunity for them. Um, You know, and they get to know each other a little bit. And so do I, as staff, you know, we're, you know, we're watching it all unfold as well. Right. So that, that's one thing I do. a I do a, a love language test, which I, I got out of a, uh, when, when I was with Pittsburgh, we had a, a ma- marriage retreat for all coaches and wives. And one of these exercises we do was the love language test. And it's, a, it's free, um, you know, and it's about five love languages, you know, touch, acts of service, time spent, gifts, et cetera. And so you go through this test, it's, it's 10 minutes max um, and you go through and they prep out what their number one love language is down at the bottom. And then we go up on the board and we, we write out the different love languages on the board and under each love language, write their names, you know? Well, at first they're like, what, you know, what are we doing? You know, this is weird, you know? And I've done it with coaches. I did it with my Arizona fall league team and they were, and they had fun with it. Trust me, you, you know, it's, and it's all in the cell and, it ends up being fun, and guess what? You know, um, one of the things that I learned, you know, if, if, if t- touch is the last on my list on, on the love language thing, right? I've gotten comfortable with it, but I know it's last on my list. So, when pitching coaches, when I was pitching, I would come out, put a hand on my shoulder, It would electrocute me, you know, and and I'm like, man, it's a, that's a good one to know, you know. This guy, he needs he needs some touches. You know, we got we got to fist bump him up hand on the shoulders big with those guys hand on the shoulder with a little encouragement. Wow. Um, you know, time spent, call them in the office. Hey man, how's it going? Everything good with the family? Anything? you know, what's going on. Are you, are keeping in touch? How, you know, how's, how's your grades going? You feel good. Just personal time spent is like money. It's gold. Um, but that little simple test is an awesome way to express, your connectivity with a player, if you if you understand your player. And I think the key to coaching and teaching is no one who's in front of you, you know? Um, number one, what's the group need? But number two, what is he, what does the guy, what do they individually need in order to leverage what he brings, right? And, and package it that way, as opposed to, this is how it's gonna be, and, you know, we're, you know, but the process of learning, guys, is, is awesome. You know, and I, did, I I missed out on that for for many years, um, not really understanding how critical that was. And I will tell you that this generation, you know, you hear coaches, oh, you know, they're always asking why they got all the answers, they got this, they got that. Yes, we did not have when I was playing the tech YouTube. We didn't have the internet, so we 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 didn't have we didn't know enough to that we didn't know what we didn't know, but we, just, we didn't know much. We, we, it was all trial and error on field. Now there's a lot of value to that, okay? But to understand this generation is to understand they have a lot of information out there. They know a lot more than we did. Uh, they have more information out there. They have uh, hitting guys out there, body guys out there, pitching guys out there away from where you're at right so you have to embrace that the thing that i love about this generation they've made me better on my game we talk about the confidence piece you better know what you're talking about with this with these guys because because they they've they've seen and heard a lot um you know so knowing what's out there for them is important to know what they're seeing out on the internet out on the on the YouTube and with all the stuff that's out there, and some of it's very good. Some of it, does, some of it's not right for a guy, you know. And it's important. So it's important. So they've made. I, I think this generation uh, has made me a way better coach. And um, I think that the one thing I learned probably four or five years into managing was they really don't care about your big league resume or whatever your resume is. They do not. Can I trust this guy? Can he help me? That's all they care about. And, you know, I know that things evolve. My training has evolved. A lot of things on the field and my practice planning and, um, you know, how I prepare guys mentally, physically – but the one thing that I, I'm really convicted in is that, um, you know, and I, it's it's one of those things that I'm as close to the truth on that that I feel in any part of this thing, you know. Um, so, you know, can I can I can I trust you? Can can I can I can can you he, can he make me better? I mean, and then, you know, and again, I have that conversation probably once a month with some young coach. You know, mm. and and I tell them, hey, if you're going to tell stories about yourself, don't be talking about your three home run games. They don't care about that. It just makes them feel inadequate. I, tell them about how you went over five with five punches. Show your humanness. And the more you show how human you are and how real and being vulnerable in front of your room, I don't have every answer. That's powerful, man. And and it, and it comes, you know, with your you know confidence as a coach. You know and, and having to you know think that you need every single answer and, and it's always you know this way for me you know um, I realize that uh, that's not the deal man the deal is you got to walk the walk and um, you know be vulnerable at times because confident men are and you know we don't have an answer for it we're gonna get it let's or let's you know let's walk through that that's a great question players you there are players on every team you coach that are smarter than you. Right. They're smarter than you, and they ask very curious questions. Which those are the players you really have to prepare for. And when they ask you those questions, it's it's awesome, you know, um, because now you're learning from them. I mean, I, I never saw it that way. It's a great question. Well, let's walk through that. I haven't seen that scenario. Let's uh, let's walk through that a little bit. So. You know, I think, I think that's another way of building trust, showing humanness, building trust with your player. Let's figure this thing out. Right. And, um, whereas, you know, I didn't understand you know, that's used to be, you know, just come up with something, you know, fake the funk, whatever, but you got to act like, you know, all, everything, every single moment, Eh, not so much. Right. So, um, important stuff for me, you know, and, um, but yeah, I mean that's a that's that's obviously we could talk for a long time about that stuff.
0: No, 100%. I mean, I think of that. I've tried to do that myself. Is like At first, I feel like when I was a younger coach, I feel like I had a little bit more to prove. Like, oh, I used to, you know, I had 30, I scored 30 points in this game or, you know, baseball. I went four for four and two doubles, right? Like at first you kind of, because I feel like when you're a younger coach, you don't have the same competence. But once you kind of build that competence in your skills, you start telling, I start telling kids, hey, I was I was cut my junior year from varsity and I played JV, yeah. you know? And like, I struggle with shooting, with people in my face too because that's a big thing when i'm training kids they're like i can't shoot when there's a hand in my face right you know it's i'm trying to relate to them and i think it's exactly right it's just showing the humanness so i'm i'm curious how you cultivate help cultivate that self-awareness because i mean it sounds like the classroom sessions are big but curious how you because as a as a player i feel like the other so
1: the other p so there's something if i believe if if I believe this is a calling. It's not a job. It's it, it, you know, coaching is 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 a calling, and, and, and if it's not keeping you up nights nice and not getting you up early, don't know if it's for you, because if you're constantly thinking about your room and your staff and how you can help them, I don't know. I can't necessarily turn that up. Now that's an issue too. And when I get home, I got to be. I'm, I'm you know, intentionally, I got to be present for. You know, my wife my family and that that's another thing you know that i have to work on um but um sending out specific videos or an inspirational article or saying for that is very appropriate for a player because of a conversation you had with them that day um or uh, blast something out to the team uh, because you did a team session on integrity that day and defining what that looks like, uh, sending out a follow-up, you know, video you saw on Twitter that's like, oh, boom, this nails it even better. Boom, blast it out to the team, ask them about it the next day. You know, what do you think? So, you know, those are all connectivity pieces to the to the larger thing. But when they get specific things and you send a specific test to a player, I found that that's really impactful. They they're like the the message is I really I care enough to think about you beyond practice time right and and that's a really cool video and that's a you send me a major league video you must think I'm really good to send me a major league you know there's a lot of good stuff you know and 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 believe me that matters you know um you know I had a very talented group last year and and there were certain players I framed you know any time I would coach them up I would frame it around you know. You know, when I was coaching, you know, you you remind me of Brian Reynolds, outfielder for the Pirates. You know, he's a really internal, cerebral guy, but very explosive, smart athlete. Um, so his energy was always below the surface, and so it kind of looked like he was laid back. But he, you know, and so when you bring these player comparisons to your guy, they are they're like they're they're you know very much into that, um, and I and. Truth be told, I, you know, I want them to see what they can be and how I view what they can be. And it is, you know, and it's, you know, I'm not necessarily saying, hey, every guy is a big league. You're going to be Brian Reynolds. This particular kid was, and and he probably will be, um, you know, you got, uh, you know, Jackson Ferris, you know, you remind me of Steve Avery, you know, when I was coming up and, and he, he was just, you know, had a thunderbolt for a left arm and the ball, your fastball's got the same action and. You know, Elijah, I play with Gerald Williams. You're a combination of Gerald Williams and Deion Sanders. I've never seen an athlete move like you. You're, you're better, you know. And these guys did, and then you bring in what it is. And, and so player comparisons and, and connectivity with, with that upper level guy is a big deal, too. Um, you know, with a lower level guy, who he may not play, you know, Juco, D3, whatever. He may not even move on from here. You know, the impact that you're showing him, what right looks like, um, it's always about the process, about your teammates, uh, you know, software, all, all those things. Um, and you, and you find a way to connect with him on his level and it's very meaningful and it, it really, the trust goes through the roof, man. And, you know, there's, I think there's a book out there called the speed of trust and it sounds really cliche, but the reality of it is, is that, when if you have early work with a player or there's defensive, offensive, base, whatever, and you're one-on-one with a guy they feel very cared for, they feel listened to. It's a collaboration of his future game, care, all that stuff, man. And you can really move guys with trust, you know, and, and uh, getting them in a really good headspace to, to make improvements.
0: And, and I bet that's a big one, especially for, you know, your athletes that are at a, such a, an elite level in high school and, you know, listening to your podcast, a, a lot of them are away from their parents and their home. And so, like, yeah. they need that that coach, that manager to build that extra trust with them because… No question. I'm I'm guessing they're quite a bit out of their comfort zone. So for me, I always try and help my athletes feel comfortable. Yes, I want them to feel uncomfortable with skills and push the box, but in terms of like player performance, I recognize that like in myself and a lot of other athletes, you watch athletes get traded from team to team. They yeah. struggle on the team that they get traded to. I'm curious how you make your athletes feel comfortable because so many of them are coming from away from home.
1: You bring up a, a huge point, particularly for this place. Um, if you go back to, and I'm not sure how far away from home you went, you know, to college, but when you make that first move away, you're leaving your anchor, uh, either your mom and dad and brother and siblings uh, and friends uh, that you've had for 18 years, or maybe it's just your mom, or maybe it's just your dad. Uh, it could be single parent homes as well, but you're leaving your anchor and, and your blood. And, and so I remember back in pro ball when latin guys would come over from the dr or venezuela uh, or mexico uh, young players that would come over and i would tell coaches hey man i look don't don't worry about the on-field stuff just help them in their transition uh because you know their velocity drops their game comes apart at the seams when they come over there's so much stuff going on in their in their head language food uh uncomfortable environment, everything. Right. And so I realized then that transition is a big deal. And I think ideally I'd like to have our guys at least, you know, for two years, it doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes I get a guy for a year and, you know, it, it is, it's a very big responsibility. And, and I think, I understood very early here that it is. A, this is a much bigger responsibility than being a baseball coach because of that. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to say that I fill in for that spot, um, but I can certainly help him out emotionally, spiritually, whatever, to be some form of an anchor for that guy um, as he's transitioning to a new team even. So, you know, it's crazy about transition and and i think that it is a it's a huge responsibility um you know and i think the, the beautiful thing about img is these kids will now roll into their freshman year at whatever power five or division two or division one wherever they're going and they hit the ground running i received a text last week um, from one of my outfielders from a year ago and he's at ole miss now and, and uh, he said coach not doing anything different right now that I've, that we never did last year in terms of, you know, weight room, mental skills, nutrition, uh, on-field practice, work, extra work, early work, all that stuff you put me through. He goes, I'm, you know, I'm ready. I feel like I'm, I'm hitting the ground ready right now. And it was awesome to hear that, um, you know, and some kids that go from, You know, their high school to, you know, those schools, it's a little tougher transition. So they're going through it a year or two earlier, you know, and um, you impact that, right? So you be aware of, you know, are you showing what right looks like over and over again, you know, and, you know, how you show up early, how you work, how you respect every rep, how you respect your teammates, how you respect the game, um, you know, and, and all the soft skills stuff, um life skills um you know that that really obviously they impact on field uh but they they impact their their lives and a lot of guys aren't gonna play in the big leagues the, the vast majority are not they they some of them peter out at the next level but they uh there's some important lessons of stuff that we can impact them with and i talked about the ripple effect early what do you want it to be you want to, you know, you want it to be, I I helped it swing or, you know, he invites you to his wedding, you know, and, and I think that's a, that's a, it's a big deal, you know, and, and I'm still refining all of that. And, 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 uh, and it's exciting because, you know, I, I understand its importance and, you know, I'm, I'm trying to look with connective ways, creative ways to be connective and, and, and it's a—it's not a once in a while thing. You got to continue to water your plants if they're going to grow, right? So it's not a once in a while thing. It's an intentional thing, um, and and you need to love it. And and I think if there's one thing about building trust, boy, is the, as as Clint used to call it, is the give a crap meter. And he does not use the word crap, but the give a crap meter is really important. And I think kids and dogs know when people are full of crap. Dogs are—they stay away from. Them people. And then the kids are like, eh, I don't know, something about them, you know? So they, they can't really articulate it, but they know, right? So care level has got to be real because they know. Um, and, um, that's, that's the one thing that, you know, coaching marriage and children, you know, uh, well, they'll, they they know, right? So if you're going to, if you're going to be this guy, they know, um, you know, because, uh, they just, they have that sense. They have that they know. So, um, but yeah, this, those are some of the things that we do. And in, in the, in the connectivity piece, you know, if I mean, and, and again, when we finish this thing and, and, you know, I'm out on Twitter and direct messaging and all that stuff. And I'll give you my email. You know, I, I would gladly share any thoughts uh, of application of connectivity with, with coaches and parents even. And um, cause I'm sure they're coaching at, at levels, but um, i think it's important and i think it's i think we're missing the boat if, if that's not a part of your gig and i always say connectivity first before confidence because if they don't trust you you can know everything it it, it doesn't it, it's not gonna matter um, it's just not going to be it's not going to happen the way you think it's going to happen
0: yeah, absolutely not. And so, I mean, kids are really good at having the BS meter, right? And yeah. so I think that's really interesting that you brought that up because I actually was going to ask, you know, as we're in the ninth inning of our podcast, I was going to ask uh, and kind of go back to what you were talking about at the very beginning about Clint Hurdle teaching about how to prepare as a leader because you were talking about preparing your athletes for, you know, kind of the next level. Right. I'm curious about how we can prepare and leave our coaches that are listening and our parents off with a message on how they can prepare to be transformational leaders? So
1: I will tell you that books are great for gaining knowledge, um, rearranging the furniture in your head sometimes. I think uh, there's some interesting things to read. I think reading is an important part of our development. I have different thoughts on that now as well, but um, if you're not a reader, and I'm not saying you need to be a reader, and I, I, I went through the phase of I gotta, I gotta read everything that's out there.
0: Yeah, I, I, every
1: conversation yeah. I had, I wanted to say, yeah, I got that one. Before I knew it, I had about twelve on my bookshelf next to my bed, and you know, and I got three going at one time instead of just taking a deep breath and okay, you read one and then reread it. So, you know, get some depth of knowledge if you're going to really be able to apply any of those things, right? So I think reading is, is a good thing. Um, the process of, you know, the daily preparation, the daily execution, and the daily review of, of how that went is the process of improvement and learning. And it is for the player and it is for us okay i think if you're intentional with preparing executing and reviewing and so at the end of the day the review becomes would you like would you learn what do we need to throw out what do we need to add in what's the group need tomorrow what individually do they need tomorrow the process of in nailing that is is real knowledge uh you're writing your own book right and the beauty of it is, is you're writing a new one every year because you have a new group every year. If you're coaching a group the same way every year and doing the same stuff every year, you're probably – it just you're, – you're coaching maybe who you want to have or just what you know, and, you know, it, it, trust me, I, that was me. It was one – you know, it's this. it was it, it was It was that, the one thing. But you're writing a new book every year, man, you know, and we're already uh, – you know, in terms of watching and evaluating right now, I'm you know, I'm constructing, we're constructing, you know, that our national roster and thinking about things. And, you know, this is going to be a very different group than the group I had a year ago, right? It's going to have certain strengths that are well beyond the group. And then other things where we're not as proficient at. So coach what's in front of you um, and, and write that manual for for that group. And so for me, if you if you keep putting together good days, you know, uh, of that process, that that is, that's gaining real knowledge, all right, um, more than a great read. Truth be told, gun to my head, hey, you can read books or you can go through practice. That's the only way you're going to gain knowledge. I would bang the books and I would get to learn it because there's nothing like doing to learn. And, and uh, I think uh, who is it uh, Who's our guy? Einstein, I think he said uh, experience is knowledge. right and, and there is a lot of truth to that. and, and, there, and as you, as you go through stuff and experience more, you know more and you learn more. But it certainly never ends. and it just gets deeper, you know it gets
0: more interesting yeah no 100 percent. i think mean, what i'm kind of taking from that is you know i and actually you know one of the things that i took from your podcast previously where i found you from was prepare execute review because i i used to be the same person where i was like a book a week let's let's jam as much in here and then i'll a year later i'd be like what was that book about because i literally had no idea i was trying to get it in i was like oh you know i was looking on the internet oh Oh, CEOs read 50 books a year. You know, if I want to be a good coach, I should probably do this too. You know, so it's kind of having that self-awareness. And now I'm like, okay, how about 12 to 15 a year? And let's take our time, maybe one a month and maybe listen, listening to podcasts. That counts as learning too and watching YouTube videos. So I think what you talked about at the beginning is like you're a learner and you're always a work in progress, no matter what age you are or what stage you are as a coach. So as you know, um, the last thing I really would like to ask is just, you know, I know you dropped a lot of wisdom around connectivity, you know, self-awareness and a lot on transformational leadership, but, um, where can people find you or connect with you so they can get those resources? And then what would, if there was anything for final words of wisdom for, for coaches and parents, what would you have?
1: Um, I would, I would say, uh, so I'm on, I'm on Twitter. Um, I post a few articles a year that I, I put in there for USA baseball. Um, so I'm on Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, David Turgeon 45, I think is my handle on Twitter. God, I, uh,
0: that's a bad. I'll put thing. it in the show description. Yeah, so yeah, don't yeah. worry about it. I'll put it in the put description. In.
1: Um, yeah. but the DM thing is big and then we can, I can share, a sell if they want to get on a, a phone call and, and, you know, have questions. Um, and, and my, my work email, David.Turgeon at IMG. Um, is another way to get a hold of me, but um, yeah, I mean, I'd be you know be glad to, to share um, or fuss and discuss some things if, if someone cares to, that'd be fine, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's how you can get
0: me. Beautiful. Do you have any final well, words of advice?
1: I would t- you know I, I so I, I would tell people uh, or, or young young coaches, um, you know, a, a young me, for example. the the things that you know that was impactful to me was I had to learn about you know it you know the players it's about the player it's not about you and when you don't have patience it's about you and when you have patience it's about the player Mm -hmm. and the lack of patience I found when I look back in my career when I had a lack of patience I think that was also a lack of confidence um and it was some ego-driven part of it because the player transition thing had, hadn't had got washed out yet. But um, uh, I, I think that that's a big one, um, you know, and it, it's about them and, and, and getting to know them and understanding them and, and how they learn and all that stuff. But make it personal, you know, and uh, make it personal with the room, uh, but make it personal – to each player in, in, a, uh, in a different way. And um, some of that's very easy. Some of those players, because of either personality types or they have maybe trust issues or some experiences in their lives, it make it more challenging. That's the fun of figuring it out. You know, it's got to be a labor of love for you. Um, and then, you know, obviously to continue to learn your the game that you're teaching uh, is very important as well. Um, but that will come so much easier when the first piece is, is there. Um, but yeah, get, get your focus outward, get it onto your staff, get it, you know, to your players and, and be there for them, uh, is a, is a big deal, man. I, I always, so this guy, Rod Olson, who, uh, he did some consulting work for us with, with pirates, um, and one of his phrases that he used, he said, you know, you can't give away what you don't have. Um, and, and that was, a, you know, that was impactful. Um, so you, you've got to continue to work on yourself um, and refine and get, get aware and, 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 you know, and control your fire or whatever your strength is, um, you know, and you're either coaching it up or you're allowing it to happen. So if you don't like what's going on and what it looks like on the field, that's when you look inward and say, "Okay, uh, we need to change some behaviors." That's not championship behaviors we're, we're displaying there. So um, that, that's that's a lot. That's a lot to do on there, and um, you know, that's a, that's that's part of the process, man. That's that's part of the process. We're fortunate to coach, you know, um, you know, and we're fortunate to lead, and it's it's a privilege. Um, you know, not to be taken lightly because you're really impacting people and you're impacting lives,
0: you know, beyond the game thousand percent yeah no I wake up every single day and I'm like I pinch myself that I have that the universe gave me the skills not only to be able to coach but that, that to mean, have the yeah. opportunity to coach I mean are you kidding me that's what I get to do for a living it's 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 amazing and I get to talk to you know wonderful guests and coaches like yourself so I appreciate your time appreciate when you have patience about a player it's about them and when you don't have patience about you that's that's going to yeah. stick with me so I I really appreciate your time today Dave
1: all right, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Privilege being on here. Thank you. It's an honor.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bridging Impact Podcast. We'd love it if you would like subscribe leave a comment and a review on whatever platform you're on It's the best way to help us grow we appreciate you for doing that we'll shout you out on social media i'd also love if you connected with me on social media let me know your thoughts and this is why i do it i want to share knowledge and wisdom from experienced leaders to people like yourself and myself so we can have this dialogue and move forward make an impact on the world so stay tuned stay subscribed Cheers.